Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. If this is your first Sunday with us, my name is Pastor Christian. It's great to meet you. Me and my wife, Alex, started Valley Rise Church almost three years ago, a little over three years ago. And you're coming into part two of I Love Me More series. This whole series is about what God wants to do on the inside of us. Oftentimes, we give to others the best. We give to others our time. We give to others our talents. We give to others. And many times, we neglect often the person that God wants to do the most in, which is me, me. And so this series, we're talking about I Love Me More. Let's pray, and we'll jump into it. God, thank you so much for each and every person here today, God. Thank you that you desire to speak to us. Thank you, God, that you want to open the eyes of our heart. You want to show us things, God, that only you know. I pray this morning that you would speak to us. God, draw us closer to you and closer to each other. Let this be the best Valentine's Day ever. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said amen. One of the, before I jump in, this, i got to tell you this because I just remembered it while I was praying. Um, I got, y'all ever see the big blanket company? Do y'all get like emails and ads from them as well all the time? Or is it just me? It's like this huge blanket they make and it's made for like, like I guess tall people because it's like 10 feet long or something. And they sent me a thing in the email yesterday and it was brilliant. One of the greatest marketing things I've seen in a long time. It said, um, guys, if you forgot to get something for Valentine's Day, we printed you out this certificate. And you scrolled up and it was a certificate that said, like, sorry, your order's been delayed. It'll be here in three to five business days, okay? Please forgive us. <laughs> so they said, if you forgot, just buy a blanket today, print this out, give it to your wife, and blame it on us. I thought that's brilliant. It's great marketing. Hey, Mark 12 is our theme verse for this series. Jesus answered him, the most important of all the commandments is this, the Lord Yahweh our God is one, and you are to love the Lord Yahweh your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is this, you must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. You will never find a greater commandment than these the same way that you love yourself. That's scary for some people, and that's great for some people. Maybe you are well to yourselves and kind to yourselves, or maybe you treat yourselves poorly and neglect yourself and put yourself off for others. But we're going to see in this series that Jesus designed us to live a whole life. God didn't design you to have a whole spirit, but your body's falling apart. God didn't design you to have a whole body, but you're spiritually depleted. No, God designed us to live as whole people, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. But life happens to all of us. And when you go through life, life wears you down. You know, you know what I mean, wears you down? Anyone with a bad knee getting out of bed this morning, you, it wears you down. You go, golly. Like, there was actually a moment this morning I was getting dressed, and I was down here, and I knew I needed to stand up. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to hang out here for a little bit because... Might take me a little bit longer to get back up. I'm gonna just take my time. When you are old, as you go through life, your aches and joints and everything, because life can wear on you. But how many of you know life doesn't just wear on your physical body? Life wears on your spirit, and you go through trials and tribulations, and you walk through bad things, horrible things in life that happen to all of us. And 
your spirit gets depleted and your spirit gets like, like that like that bum leg, your spirit begins to lack in areas. And if we're not careful, we can go through life and just crawl across the finish line of life like, thank you, Jesus, I made it. When God designed us to live a whole, exciting, full life. I don't know about you, but I want to live a whole life. Today, we're going to begin to talk about how to love you more. Some ways that you can tend to your own spirit. Now, when I talk about you, you know, not the you I'm looking at right now, okay? Because all of us have, like, who people see, and then we have, like, a real you. You know the real you on the inside. The real me on the inside is, like, this little guy. He wears a three-piece velvet suit. He walks around with a liter of Mountain Dew all day, and he's trying to quit cussing. That's the real me on the inside. You have a real you on the inside of you. It's one, of my, one of our guys in the background said, the real me on the inside of me when you're saying that is like the most interesting man in the world. And I said, well, we'll decide that. But um, um, The you on the inside is who we want whole because we can put on a good facade. We can act really, really polished. I promise, especially in my line of work, if something is going on with me, you'll never even know about it. Because I'm really, really, really good at faking that everything's okay. Like you're really, really good at faking that everything's okay. We want to get to the heart and soul of the matter, who we are on the inside, and how God designs for us to grow and live a healthy whole life. Because here's the truth. If there's no enemy on the inside of you that can hurt you, then there is no enemy on the outside of you that can hurt you. Okay, listen to what I just said. If there's no enemy on the inside of you that can hurt you, then there is no enemy on the outside of you that can hurt you. The devil has been defeated. The enemy has been lost. Victory has already been given to Jesus. That battle's already won. Now the battle we fight is not, is Jesus going to win or is God going to win, but who's going to win in me? Who's going to win in me, in my life, in my marriage, in my kids, in my relationships, in my health and wholeness? Who's going to win the battle in me? How do I love on myself? How can I refresh myself? How do I make sure that I'm living a whole healthy life? Well, we're going to study someone today that did it well. Not only did they do it well, but they created what doing it well looks like. Jesus is not just Jesus that's a good man and he like was way better than the rest of us. No, Jesus is God in man's flesh and body. So Jesus comes down, God puts on human flesh and steps down into the earth and says, I'm going to show you what it looks like to live the life I created you to live. If anyone knew what it meant to be worn down, it was Jesus. Okay, Jesus was always in a crisis. You think you're always in crisis? Imagine being Jesus. Everyone came to Jesus with their crises. So if anyone needed to know how to refresh themselves, replenish themselves, protect themselves from the things in life that can drain us, it was Jesus. Today we're going to talk about one of these moments where Jesus shows us how to tend to us. Mark 6.31, there was such a swirl of activity around Jesus. Now, we could stop right there. I could preach that. You have a swirl of activity around you? There's a swirl of activity always around us. My phone is a swirl of activity. My social circle is a swirl of activity. My job is a swirl of activity. All of us live this same life where there's a swirl of activity around most of us most of the time. 
with so many people coming and going that they were unable to even eat a meal. You ever been that busy? When I read that, what came to my mind is my wedding. I had an amazing wedding. It was great, a lot of fun. But at the reception, and when I do marital counseling, people always tell them this thing. I'm like, make sure you eat like before you come out with everybody else. Because we walked out, and immediately it's like everybody wants to see you. And it's awesome at your wedding. Hopefully they're not there to see somebody else. But they, they want you, and they want to take a picture with you. And I would look over at the food table in the corner, and I'd start making my way over there. And every time I'd get near it, somebody would be like, Christian, can we take a picture? Okay, yeah, sure, let's take a picture. Oh, awesome. i got to give you my gift. you got to open it right now. Okay, all right, open it right now. Yeah. Okay. And then you go, I'm going to get over there. Hey, we need you over here. We're cutting the cake. Okay, God, I wish I could eat some cake. Okay, over here, cut the cake. I never got to eat. Never got to eat the whole time of my wedding. We got to the hotel we were staying at in New Orleans for a honeymoon, and I ordered $600 worth of room service. $600. People had given us money. I had all this cash. Alice goes, what are we getting? I said, we're getting everything. Give me, like, the ribeye, the filet. I want the lobster. I want lobster on my salad. I want a salad with no lobster and then a salad with lobster just because. I don't know. I was so hungry. I hadn't eaten anything. This is where Jesus is. People are pulling on him constantly. Jesus, when he should, Jesus, my son, Jesus, my child, Jesus, my spouse, Jesus, what is this? Jesus, he's lame. Jesus, he's dead. Jesus, they're sick. Jesus, they're, you think, you, you ever have the kids that say, mom, 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 everybody has kids? The greatest video I've ever seen since they started putting videos on social media or social media ever is that one that that guy did, the funny video. Have y'all seen that where he's like acting like his daughter and he has his hair in pigtails? And he's showing what she does when she jumps off this stool. And he's like, Mom, Dad, 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 Dad. Watch, watch, watch me, Dad. Watch me, watch me, Dad. Watch me. You're like, I literally am not looking at anything else but you. I don't know. What do you think I'm doing? I'm like, I don't know how much you want me to watch you. Jesus had this, okay? What do you, do you think? Imagine that for three years straight. Imagine that being at the moment of everyone's greatest crisis, being in the moment of everyone's need. Jesus understood what this was like. There was such a swirl of activity around so many people he couldn't even eat a meal. So Jesus said to his disciples, come, let's take a break and find a secluded place where you can rest a little while. Jesus is in the middle of fulfilling his calling. This is important. It's not that Jesus was tired from doing things Jesus wasn't supposed to be doing. Jesus wasn't out late the night before gallivanting in Galilee, okay? He wasn't running the bars in Jerusalem. Jesus was fulfilling his calling. He was healing people. He was feeding people. He was preaching. He was reaching the lost, tending to the needy. Because even when you're doing good things, you can get worn down. It doesn't have to be bad things that wear you down. It's not sin that takes away from us always. Sometimes it's just the pace of life. Sometimes it's the rush of life. And if we're not careful, the rush of life will take over and we'll get depleted doing good things. Good things. Things that help people. I work with, my line of work is full of people that get exhausted from helping people. I have friends all over the, I had six friends this year that stopped pastoring because they didn't tend to themselves. They took care of everybody else, run to every crisis, take care of everything, and never learned what we're about to learn today. Never learned how to pause their own life and create space. How to run at a pace they can sustain. Because that's what we're talking about. We're learning how to run at a healthy pace that you can sustain in life. 
I just ran a marathon last January. When you run a marathon, you have to learn about pacing yourself. Okay, there's people that run the mile in like two minutes. Isn't that what the record is? This guy ran in like two minutes, okay? Unbelievable. Under four, okay, just under four minutes. You try and do that for three miles, you won't run three miles. You'll just die, okay? Like, you can't sustain that pace that long. But 11 minutes, that was my target goal. For 11 minutes, I can run a consistent, healthy, whole, feel good about it pace, and I can do it for 26 miles. Hey, what we're talking about is how can you create a pattern and habits in your life like Jesus did where you can run 26 miles and still be healthy and whole. You can run the race of life that God intended you to run and not get there depleted, exhausted, or dead, but cross the finish line whole and healthy with relationships and all that God has given you along the way. But you got to learn how to pace yourself. Jesus did this so good, and so I took what Jesus did, and I broke it down for you in an analogy, because I don't know, that's what pastors do. So an analogy, and I want you to write this down, it's rest, write rest, you can write it a long ways down your page of your phone, so you can put next to it all the things I want to give you. R, rest, R is for relaxation, I don't know, you guys are going to guess until you throw it up there, oh, it's not up there, you're good. It's retreat, retreat. Sorry, that's not on her. That's on me. I forgot I didn't tell it to put that on. Retreat. Jesus is there doing his job. He's working with everyone. He's in the middle of it. And Jesus in the midst of So just, I want you to pause this. Were there still sick people? Was there still people that needed to talk to Jesus? Was there still people that were maybe just showing up at the end of the day? Were there still people who had loved ones that were sick? Okay, so Jesus' responsibilities were not finished on the earth. Jesus still had stuff he had to do. So this isn't Jesus finished everything and then said, okay, let me go take a break. No, no, Jesus, in the midst of things that still needed to be done, said, hey, time out. If we don't retreat a little bit and get some space, this may be fun for today, but we won't be here in two weeks. We won't have the stamina to last that long. Retreat. When is the last time that you created a retreat for yourselves? When's the last time you said, hey, you know what? I'm not going to schedule anything from this time to this time because I need some me time. Try and schedule an appointment with me on most days between 7 and 9. You can't do it okay? because I have a very important meeting every day from 7 to 9. You know who it's with? It's with me. It's with me. And my wife sometimes, because that's the me time. And I schedule it because if I tell you I'm spending me time, you'll go, well, I really, 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 really need you, though. And here's the truth about crises for anyone in your life. This isn't just pastors. Listen, this is everyone who goes through crisis in your life. They didn't get there overnight, and you're not going to get them out of there overnight. Okay, The things in your life that you think you've got to do right now, if you're not careful, you'll replace the important with the urgent. And there's always urgent. There's always urgency. There's always things that have to be done like right now. But we don't want to live a life where the urgent takes place of the important. And the important is you being healthy and whole so that you can meet the needs of the urgent for, throughout your life. God designed you to retreat. And here's how I do I say take an hour a day, okay, an hour a day. Is a great retreat. That's, that's a tithe of the day for you to spend time with God, you and God. 
healthy you, get alone. I have an app I like to use. It's called the Hope app. A buddy of mine created it, and it's like, like biblical meditation almost. And I love it, man. If I can get by myself for 10 minutes a day, put on my Beats headphones and lock out everything, a child could die in the next room and I wouldn't hear it. I just, you know, just, I see them screaming. I know they're begging for help, but I'm just like, I don't know. I'm in my quiet place. Uh, <laughs> every parent knows that feeling. And if you think it's sick, wait till you have kids, you'll understand. Um, so I put that on. I retreat. I just get me time. I clear my mind because I know that if I'm not whole, how can I give to anyone else? If I'm not refreshed, how can I pour into others? If I don't have Jesus inside of me, when am I going to be able to give it to you? I've got to create time for me to connect with Jesus. Jesus retreats from everyone. That's the R-E. Enjoy. Enjoy. When you rest. It's not just sitting there. It's not, oh, God, well, I hate resting, Pastor. I don't like doing nothing. No, do stuff. Rest looks differently for all of us. But do things you enjoy. Okay, so I enjoy hunting. I'm a Cajun from South Louisiana. Rest for me, if you said, Christian, what are the two things that refuels your soul the most? A great meal. How many of you all? I'm a food person. I, just, I can have the worst day ever. Everyone can die. House burned down. If I sit in front of a big old ribeye, automatically it all goes away. I'm just like, oh, my Lord. This is everything will rebuild the house tomorrow. I don't know. I, it refreshes me, man. And then hunting. Hunting refreshes me. I, now, it would not refresh most of you. Walking out through the marsh for half a mile in mud and getting blood all over you. For some of you, you go, that sounds horrible. There is nothing more relaxing and peaceful to me than sitting out there, being alone, just quiet. I mean, it's just like heaven to me. Okay? But that's what I enjoy. When you rest, you want to do things that fuel your soul. One of, a pastor told me one time, it was really wise, he said, Christian, if you work with your mind, play with your hands, rest with your hands. And if you work with your hands, play with your mind. Okay, so I do a lot of mental work, it's a lot of counseling and a lot of stuff. So when I relax, I like to do physical stuff. Sometimes I have like little pieces of wood and I go in the garage and I just like build little boxes and, and Alex will be like, what are you building that for? Nothing at all. This is just, this is just enjoyable to me. I don't even have to think. I just got to make the four sides line up together. That's way easier than fixing marriage. Just <laughs> bam, bam, done. I feel like I accomplished something amazing. Like I'm just doing something enjoyable for me. When you rest, it doesn't mean not doing anything. It means do things that refresh you. Do things you enjoy. Do things that are going to refill you so that when you leave that time, you're ready to pour into the world around you. S, number one is retreat. Two, enjoy. Three, S is sleep. Go to sleep. Hey, 30 to 50 million Americans have trouble sleeping, they say. 30 to 50 million people that you interact with on a daily basis have trouble sleeping. 30 million people are serving the wrong orders at McDonald's because they had trouble sleeping the night before. 30 million people are doing your taxes incorrectly because they couldn't sleep the night before. 30 million people are going to be the doctor you walk and see that's been up because he hadn't slept all night. Okay. You're going to interact with these people. That's not a useless statistic. This is a statistic. You're going to encounter these people in the world, and even worse, oftentimes, we're those people. 30 to 50 million people have trouble sleeping, trouble turning it off, trouble disconnecting, trouble finding peace and rest. Sleep refreshes you. God created you that way. 
But if you rob yourself of sleep, you really will rob yourself of life eventually. Here's what I read, and here's what I say to myself. Anyone that has trouble sleeping in here, whenever I lay down and my mind's racing, because it happens to all of us, Okay, I lay down and I, I have a business, the church. I'm thinking of all the things, and I'm thinking of you, and I'm thinking of crisis, and I'm thinking of the kids, and I'm thinking of all the stuff that all of us have. Your business is running through your mind, and your kids, and your crises, and all the things that all of us encounter. What do I do? How do you calm your mind? Here's the verse that I say to myself, Psalms 4.8. In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Listen to me, it's not your bank account that makes you dwell in safety. It's not your friends that make you dwell in safety. It's not the level of your training that makes you dwell in safety. It's not the fact that you got 5,000 rounds of ammo and 14 guns next to your bed that makes you rest in safety. When you lie down and sleep in peace, it's because the Lord and the Lord alone makes you dwell in safety. Hey, listen, this is an element of trust. You got to trust God when you lay down and go, God, I know it's not all done. I know there's stuff I need to finish. I know there's things I got to check off the list. But God, tonight, I'm going to lie in peace and I'm going to dwell in safety because I know that you, God, are overseeing all of it. God, I know that you have it. And God, if you're telling me I can rest and trust you with it, then God, I trust you with it. I'm going to check out for eight hours and I'll be back to pick that load up in the morning. You not sleeping doesn't fix any of it. It just makes the whole situation worse. Retreat. Enjoy, do things you enjoy, sleep. And then T is time. Make time for you. If you don't, listen to what I'm going to say. If you don't rest well, you can't work well. If you don't rest well, you can't work well. Listen, your boss doesn't want 20% of you, I promise. Your boss wants 100% of you. And the way you get to 100% of output is being able to rest and refresh yourself. People run so many times, they just run, run, run. I got was up until midnight working, got up at four. I'm like, what I hear when you say that is, that means you gave about 60% the next day. Like, that's cool, that sounds great, but that means that you weren't there for the rest of the day. That means you caught up maybe the rest of the week. That means you probably weren't sleeping at all this week, and you're going to take Saturday and Sunday and sleep all day. Okay, make time for yourselves. Schedule it out. Put it on there. Don't let anyone take advantage of your time you schedule for you because there's always something urgent, but there's never anything more important. There's always things that are more urgent, but you being whole and healthy and rested and refreshed so that you can go out and do what God created you to do is the most important thing there is. There's many days I come in, Alex, I'd say this, Alex is like a clean freak, okay? My wife is like, like home mom extraordinaire. Dinner's made, house is clean. She's just like the best at it. Okay, well, when I come home sometimes and there's clothes in the laundry room piled up and I know she's frantic about it, there's moments I'll look at her and I'll go, hey, let the clothes pile up. Well, I can't, I can't, but if I, hey, let the clothes pile up. It's okay. We, we have clothes. You can do that tomorrow. Like, why don't you sit down and rest? Why don't you come hang out with the family? Hey, why don't you come? Because that's going to benefit you more than the clothes being clean. And I know it's hard to turn off. I know you got to finish it all. I know if I don't do it now, there's always going to be something more urgent. There is never anything more important. I want you to remember that. When you put off rest for yourself because of the urgent things in life that come up, 
want you to hear the tallest Mexican in the world's voice saying to you, there's always going to be something urgent, but there is never anything more important than you being whole, healthy, refreshed, and rested. Because here's the truth. If you're not, you're not accomplishing what God created you to accomplish. You're not being who God created you to be. And each and every one of us are walking in a gifts and callings and things that God created only us to do. And when I'm not operating at my fullest, I'm not robbing myself. I'm robbing God and people. That Y'all don't get the best of me when I'm not rested. My wife doesn't get the best of me if I'm not rested. My children don't get the best of me if I'm not rested. My design is made in a way that I need to retreat. I need to connect with God. I need to rest so that I can go back out to a hurting, broken, needing world and pour out Jesus to them. Amen. As I close, there's two things that Jesus does here. Jesus doesn't just retreat. That's awesome, and it's great that he retreats and rests and gets away. But Jesus doesn't just get away by himself very often. There's a few times in Scripture that Jesus gets away by himself, but most of the time he brings people with him. Jesus teaches us two things in this, to rest right and to have right relationships. Jesus goes, and he's leaving there, and instead of leaving by himself, which he could have, Jesus could have gone like, bing, and been like somewhere else, okay? Like the little, who's the little genie lady on that old TV show? You know what I'm talking about? She'd like blink and like just go somewhere else. Like Jesus could have done that, okay? The genie, Jesus could have just gone somewhere else if he wanted. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus retreats, and he brings people with him who refresh him. Almost every vacation I go on, you're going to think this is a joke, because it's really not. Almost every vacation I go on, there's someone I bring with me. You're like, yeah, your wife and kids. Yes, them too. Yeah. But there's another guy that comes on like every vacation, him and his wife, that we go on. And he's, most of y'all have met him. His name's Didios. He's like a little short Mexican. He was my roommate in the Air Force. He's just the funniest guy in the world. He refreshes me. He refreshes me. We've had that talk. I go, he goes like, dude, I don't have to come on like your family vacation. I'm like, no, I need you there for me. You, you make me laugh harder than anyone makes me laugh. We have the best conversations that I could possibly have. Yeah, I can open up my soul to you and you're not going to phase you one bit. No, I need you there because you refresh me. You, you make me feel whole. You refill my tank faster. Hey, God created you to do life with relationships that refill you, that replenish you, that when you spend time with them, you leave there going, God, I can take on the world. I could go out and accomplish whatever I need to accomplish. I can go out and do whatever I need to do because I've got these people with me. God didn't design you to do life alone. And today as we're launching small groups, what an amazing time to jump in and find relationships that refresh you. Listen to what I'm saying. Relationships that refresh you. Not just relationships, because we all have relationships. But how many of you know there's a huge difference between relationships that refresh you and relationships that drain you? You have those people, we all have them. You spend five minutes with them, you feel like you you know went through like... 40 days in the desert, you just, how could you go on this long about this much? I just, it just drains you. And then you get around some people and it's just like, I could take on the world after we leave. I mean, I just feel like I'm the champion of everything. I'm going to go out there and do all God created me to do. Hey, that's the design of a relationship that God wants you to have. That's what God is searching for for you. A heart that knows how to be whole and healthy relationships that can support you as you go out and take on a hurting and broken world. 
Hey, God didn't design you to limp through life. He didn't design you to be kind of healthy in some areas and you'll fix those when we get to them. No, God designed you to live a whole, full, refreshing, peaceful life when we do it Jesus' way. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, today, we're so thankful that you didn't just put us down here, God, but you designed us in a certain way. and You gave us a blueprint how to refresh ourselves, God, how to live whole lives, how to stay rested so that, God, we don't burn out and end up being unable to accomplish what you called us to, unable to be who you created us to be. God, we need you. We need your wisdom. God, I know there's things going on in our lives that seem like, how in the world can I pause that? God, we need your supernatural wisdom so that we can be refreshed, so that we can be whole and healthy, and so that we can make a difference in the world around us. God, I pray even through this small group semester that supernatural relationships, God relationships, divine relationships, God, for people, they're going to meet their best friends in these small groups, God. They're going to meet people they're going to do life with forever in these small groups. God, I pray for supernatural connections, divine relationships, and that as they begin to surround themselves with right relationships and right rest, God, that they would see you do more through their lives than they could ever imagine. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here that say, Christian, that sounds awesome, but I've never started a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've encountered church or religion, but you've never encountered a relationship with the creator of the universe. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or do anything weird. I just want to pray for you. If that's you and you say, Christian, would you pray with me today? I want to start that relationship. I want to jump in and make that decision. I'm going to pray for you. You can pray out loud. You can pray it under your breath. You can say it in your heart. This is between you and Jesus. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up so I can pray with you? Amen. Amen. All right, you can put your hands down. We're going to pray. You pray this, repeat this prayer after me. You can say it however you want. It's between you and Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, today, I recognize my need for you. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life, a life I never could have lived. Jesus, I believe that you went to the cross to pay my sin bill so that I wouldn't have to. Thank you, Jesus. I receive your payment. And then, Jesus, I believe on the third day you rose from the dead to give me new life, hope, and freedom. Today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to love you. I choose to serve you. I choose to seek you all the days of my life. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those who just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.